to Screw It. We're just going to talk about comics. That's comic books, everybody. Uh, this is the podcast where two brothers do something that two brothers have never done before in history, and that's talk about comic books they like. Um, my name's Will Hines. I'm one of the two brothers. I'm the other brother, Kevin Hines, and uh, I'm the younger brother for those counting yes, if years. Yes, if you're counting years, you have to count fewer for Kevin. I'm mm-hmm. closer to death. He's closer to baby. Though we're both very close to death. We're both very close to death. We're old and stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, we're also performers, sort of, and teachers at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater. I say sort of because the theater is shut down right now. Yeah. Um, uh, there's a thing going on called the coronavirus that oh, yeah. has shut down everything. Yeah. We it, didn't talk about that last week when we recorded also during this. Yeah. Um, but our jobs and livelihoods are shut down. Yeah. And uh, luckily it doesn't affect our podcast because we always did that through microphones. We always do that through microphones, and um, it's a really it's a it's a pretty high budget to produce the podcast. Um, mm-hmm. Costs about ten thousand dollars an episode with like pre production sure. and editing and special effects, and but um, we do have some savings because we also get a huge amount of revenue from these podcasts. Yeah, that's right. The zero ads we've had so far have brought in more than you would guess. So we're able to keep this going for now. We hope that we'll be able to continue it. Um, this uh, we talk about comic books um, on this podcast, and this current season, which is season four, we are talking about Justice League, um, shortly to become Justice League International, the run of the comics that happened in the nineteen eighties, written by Keith Giffen and published at DC Comics, right, Kevin? Yeah, Keith Giffen and James Mattis uh, both wrote it, and Kevin McGuire was the first artist, and it was uh, a. A great comic and a huge surprise hit, despite being Justice League, which should be a no-brainer automatic hit. Yeah, as we talked about last episode, um, they did not have a lot of the sort of like um, permission to use a lot of the top heroes. Like Superman is not in this Justice League. Wonder Woman is not in this Justice League. The Flash is not in this Justice League. They don't even get Aquaman. They don't even get Aquaman, who's the joke of every Justice League joke. Mm-hmm. They do have Batman and the Martian Manhunter, which are some big guns. But then the yes. rest of it is kind of like random choices. And that might be part of the reason why it's so charming. Yeah. it. Yeah, We talked a little bit about it last week, but it is amazing to me how big this comic was. And I don't know how well it sold, I guess, but it must have sold well because it spun off to a second title. Uh, at some point, it becomes Justice League Europe spins out of this. So there's a Justice League america and there's a justice league europe basically yeah um which at some point they, the names switch around a lot the europe one becomes justice league international at some point but it doesn't matter they had two justice league books and so those were each coming out a month for a while they had a justice league quarterly that came out four times a year with more justice league stories it really launched kevin mcguire's career and i think also bart sears was the first artist on justice league europe and that sort of made him a name and I think Adam Hughes got big doing this too. I think he maybe was already known, but he became bigger from his work on Justice League. Pretty cool. And those are like, I don't know. It's crazy that drawing Blue Beetle would make your career, but it did. So uh, we're doing issue two this episode. Yeah. Which I think oh, is it, called Make War No More. The edition I'm reading doesn't have covers, but I, that's what's on the splash page. Um, what do you think of this issue overall, Will? I loved it. 
I'm already, we're, we're talking about doing this through issue eight and I already want to do through like issue 30. <laughs> um, just cause there's so much good stuff that I think we won't even get to. I, I say 30 arbitrarily. Yeah. Um, I want, I want to go like to cooey, cooey, cooey basically. Oh wow. Yeah. That's a wise, that's a wise that is. That's so that's the yeah. resort Island, right? Yeah. That's an Island that booster gold who has not been introduced yet in our run, our reread and blue beetle invest in like a resort on an Island called cooey, cooey, cooey and to make money. And it doesn't go well. for them. <laughs> and like, that sounds like a sitcom plot. <clears throat> When Blue Booster Gold enters, he and Blue Beetle are basically like sitcom doofuses. Yeah. We're only a few issues away from Booster Gold's entering, but he's not there yet. Um, this is a very character first comic book. I guess every great comic book is technically character first, but it really does seem like the story gets delayed and the drama gets delayed a lot just so that the characters can have fun interacting with each other. Yeah. Um, I mean, it. Every great comic is characters first and the ones that don't work, don't understand the characters and are just sort of focused on their powers and their coolness. Um, I mean, Zack Snyder's movies are very popular, but the justice league movie he made and the man of steel movie don't feel like character studies. They feel like look at these powers and wouldn't it be cool if they were badass versus like, <laughs> you know, what yeah. makes Superman interesting? What makes Batman interesting? Zack Snyder does sort of ask the question, what if this were badass? Yeah. Like that's kind of, that's kind of the artistic question he explored. What if zombies were like badass? Yeah. Um, um, yeah. I liked his Dawn of the Dead. That, that was, that, I did like that one too, but, but they were badass. Have, yeah. They were badass. They were fast, right? That was his big, I mean, there had already been fast zombie-ish type things in uh, 28 Days Later, but he took a classic slow zombie movie and just said, let's make them run. Yep. Which is sort of a lame choice, but it worked for that movie, it for worked. me at least. And if he did a sequel, he would have made him sexy. Man, oh, zombie sex would be great. So um, let's get into this issue, Kevin. Sure, Well, Let's do it. I don't have the cover. Is it good? Okay. It is fine. It shows Batman, Guy Gardner, Martian Manhunter, and Black Canary sort of being zapped by radiation from... I forget the character's name, but basically the Thor analog. Right. While the uh, Wasp, I guess, analog and Scarlet Witch analog sort of float behind him. This is the, so villain, much the villains on. of this issue. The villains of this issue. I mean, it looks like more of a traditional comic. This does not. Well, the first issue had that sort of Guy Gardner looking at you going, want to make something of it, which kind of. Uh, hinted at the attitude of this comic. This one just sort of looks like a typical superhero comic. You know, you like superheroes? They're in this. <laughs> um, but by the spot, if we go into the splash page of this comic, the personality of Justice League is already there. Yeah, it's a huge splash page of three characters talking to each other. Yes, but it's <laughs> but it is like funny and it shows their character. Yes. Batman is talking to Doctor Light. And saying, mm -hmm. I'll ask you again, Dr. Light, where did you get that signal device? Because she had a signal device that um, made her think she was a member of this Justice League, and she is not. Someone had given yeah. her a counterfeit signal device. And it's, it, But we know that it's Maxwell Lord, but none of the characters in the comic know that yet. And we don't know who Maxwell Lord is as a character, but we know he gave her the device. Or it's strongly hinted. That's right. And then um, in response... Uh, Dr. Light says, how many times do I have to go over this, Batman? Batman coldly responds, as many times as I want you to. 
And Dr. Light is like, you know, you're the most arrogant, rude son of a... And Martian Manhunter cuts her off. Please, Doctor, it's important. Yeah. Uh, Martian Manhunter's already sort of settling into his role very quickly as sort of the principal. Yeah. The den mother of the team. Yeah. Um, it's also interesting, this comic, because Batman is so often portrayed as like scary. Even in this comic, he's often portrayed as very scary. And Dr. Light isn't scared of this guy. No, not at all. Um, Batman asks for the signal device on page two. Give it to me, please. And Dr. Light's like, please? Did you actually say please? Here, take it quick before I faint. And that's already kind of funny, making fun of Batman's like seriousness. We're, yeah. And we are, and there's like, and the second, the first panel on page two, the picture of Guy Gardner picking his teeth with a toothpick. I mean, yeah, the facial expressions are great. Uh, even when Batman gets the signal device, he sort of grimaces looking at it. He's sort of disappointed. Like, it's such a strong. I don't know. Kevin McGuire draws very expressive mouths. Yeah. It's pretty fun. Um, the bottom panel of page two where, uh, everyone is kind of discussing what's going on with, um, how Dr. Light there's, they're one, they're a little suspicious of Dr. Light. They're wondering Mm -hmm. if she's hiding something. She's not, she's as much in the dark as they are, uh, ironically, but, um, they're suspicious of her. And so we hear them talking about her. Yeah. Guy Gardner says, give me five minutes alone with her. I'll have her talking a blue streak and she'll be in love with me besides just like you canary. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, canary says what I'd love guys to knock you across the room. So she's you know, tough, she's, but what's really great is uh Mr. Miracle who's there as well. Goes Gardner, you're a green lantern. Can't you comport yourself with a little dignity? And guy Gardner's response is just comport. Did you just say comport? And then very quietly, what the hell does comport mean? That's a classic Justice League joke right there. Yeah. Um, uh, it's also a good use of just lettering. Um, like the lettering for that last line is very small to show that it's like kind of whispered. I mean, some of the stuff, I mean, maybe has been done. I mean, for sure has been done in comics a lot, but uh, I'm noticing it the most. I think as a child, Kevin is what I'm referring to here. 12 year old Kevin is noticing it for the first time here. The way these word balloons tell you how to read things, give you the pacing of it, give you the volume of it. And that helps the delivery of their jokes. Yeah, the uh, dialogue is a big part of this comic, and the and the whole thing just feels kind of loose and fun. Things just feel not so rigid, even from like the size of letters and speech balloons to the intensity of the story and stuff like that. Uh, the next page brings in another Ditko character, Will Hines. Um, it does. Oh, yeah. is Jack Ryder a Ditko character? Yeah, the Creeper is a uh, a big time Ditko character, and his secret identity is Jack Ryder, uh, who has, I think, post Ditko becomes sort of a op ed type news guy, barking his opinion, um, Bill O'Reilly style. Though he didn't, he was not around in the eighties, or he wasn't. But he's sort of uh, a right wing, like what's the real story going on behind what the liberal media are telling you. That's right. Type of attitude. I didn't know he was a Ditko character. I love Ditko. Oh, yeah. Creeper's a big time a Ditko character. He's great. Came out roughly the same time as like Hawk and Dove and um, uh, uh, who else? Um, I feel like there's one more, but maybe maybe that's it. Those are the two big ones. Um, so Jack Ryder is on TV. I recently say- read all Ditko's Creeper comics. They're great. Yeah, really? Here's a surprise. I like Ditko. Hot take. So 
uh, we see Jack Ryder on television basically ca- throwing suspicion around the league, basically making fun of, like, who are these people? Like, um, Batman's a vigilante, you know, John Jones is a from Mars. We can't trust him. They just did tons of damage at the UN. Mr. Miracle's mm-hmm. a showboat. We need protection from them, you know, not not of them. Yeah, who are these guys to say they should be our uh, our protectors? That was a big uh, thing in the 80s. People kept trying to outlaw superheroes, you know? Watchmen was all about superheroes that were outlawed, and mm-hmm. people just really were, really were enjoying unpacking the question of, well, why do we let these supernatural beings just do whatever they want? The Creeper is also another character who is C-list at best superhero, maybe D-list. I don't know how well-known he is. He has been in a handful of comics. He has a following, I'm sure, but he's not a big deal. They don't tell you he's the Creeper here. They just call him Jack Ryder. We know, I know he's the Creeper because I'm me. Yeah, I didn't know it. Uh, and um, I'm, and on I'm... the next page, Max Lord is watching it and he's angry about it. And he, uh, uh, you know, pushes the button on his tele, tele, uh, what do you call this? Telecom. Uh, intercom? Intercom? To refer to talk to a secretary, Mrs. Yeah. Wootenhofer, get me the Ryder file. Yes, Mr. Lord, right away. It's under C, says Max Lord. Sir? A private joke, Mr. Wootenhofer. C for Creeper. So Max uh, Lord knows he's the Creeper, but they're not telling me the reader that. I didn't know that either. And that's just a weird moment there. I said telecom um, and it's an intercom. What was I talking yeah. about? You said telecom and then I said intercom because you helped me get all the way there. You saved us. It's teamwork. Uh, Booster Gold is kind of introduced here at the bottom of whatever page we're on. Right. Uh, Mr. Gold enters, um, who at this point has his own comic though I think it is soon to be canceled at DC. He has guested in a Superman comic. It was a pretty big launch. It ran 30-some issues. I mean, that's over two years, yeah. almost three years, uh, maybe maybe over three years. I don't know exactly what number was. Um, but he's not a huge character. But he because he's current, he's probably a little more well-known to readers of the time. Yeah. Mr. Gold is probably enough of a getaway. I meant giveaway. I said getaway, but... He's probably enough of a getaway. Uh, He's probably enough of an escape to let you know who he is. Yeah, yeah. We then cut back to Guy Gardner, sort of the star of this comic, really. Yeah, he's like the main character. He's the opus of this comic's Bloom County. Is that a current (laughs) reference? Yeah. Um, Gardner's furious. I'm going to go down to the TV station. I'm getting my hands on that punk rider, and I'm going to rip his heart out. Uh, We cut to a wide shot, and Martian Manhunter is calming him down. Yeah. You will do no such thing. Is what uh, Guy Gardner oh yeah. said. Uh, oh, yeah. Who's going to stop me? And Batman steps in. You'll stop yourself, Guy, won't you? Batman's got Guy Gardner on a leash. Yeah, Guy Gardner listens to Batman. Uh, we get a little running gag established at the bottom of this page. I think it even goes longer than this issue, but it really starts here with Guy Gardner calling Captain Marvel Captain Whitebread. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Martian, uh, uh, rather, Captain Marvel interjects now guy there's no reason to carry on like this we're all friends here yeah his personality is the sort of naive nerd right that's right uh oh no uh, not captain Whitebread. the name is captain uh, marvel um, yeah it's a marvel that anyone can stay in the same room with you without coming down with diabetes i don't understand why you feel the need to constantly insult me captain marvel's very funny in yeah. this and, and then, then batman steps in bad form guy say you're sorry Guy, and then in really little letters, he's like, "I'm sorry." <laughs> yeah, it worked. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's got Guy Gardner being a, a 
I don't know, not a gentleman, but keeping him from going crazy. Next two pages, we introduce a character that we're not going to learn about this issue, really. That's right. But it's a guy who... It sort of tells us where Dr. Fate went to last issue. Yes, Dr. Fate, who vanished in the middle of the action in issue one. So we see like an old man with a cane and sort of a cardigan, like an old gray, green pea coat on the beach. We don't know where. It looks very dramatic and picturesque, like an Irish beach or British beach. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it feels like an Irish beach. And... He's the we this guy's internal monologue is the word gray. I sit here gray. I wonder gray. I weep. I watch. And he seems to be sort of beleaguered and sad and like world weary. But I don't we we don't really know what's going on with this guy. We don't know his deal. But then Doctor Fate shows up to talk to him, which sort of implies that he has something otherworldly about him. Because otherwise, Doctor Fate wouldn't get involved with just an old man on the beach. Dr. Fate says, an anger that called out to me, that drew me here. And the old man seems to know who he is and says, go away, Fate. This guy's pretty old. Yeah. He's old enough to co-host our podcast with us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. He's ready to die. He'd fit right in. Uh, they talk for a bit. Um, Dr. Fate says, I, I'm, I'm here just to warn you, and I've done that. Goodbye. And flies off and leaves the, this man who will later be referred to as the gray man alone. And, uh, but we're not going to, that's all we get from him this issue. Yeah. Um, he doesn't even, he doesn't even come, uh, we don't even get to know him better next issue because I've read ahead a little bit. So Gray Man is a, is a seated subplot. But as we cut away from him, we finally get to the villains of this issue. We're kind of far into it to get to the villains, right? Stan Lee would have a field day if we took <laughs> yeah, this he, long to get to the villains. He would be all over the caption like, I sorry. promise you action's coming. Yeah. Sorry, fans. We spent over three pages Dirt and dicking around. <laughs> <laughs> Classic Stanley to refer to dicking around. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Stanley would hate Justice League International. I mean, he'd love it, honestly, because they're good comics, but he could never write a comic like this. He'd like the jokes, though. Yeah. So we see what we have is three villains, and what they are going to do, they're trying to do is get rid of all the nuclear weapons in the world. That's what they seem to be doing. And they're at this these- country, a fictional country, Bialia, which becomes like a big player in the justice league stories right yeah it feels like it's like most like iran i would guess yeah it could be iran or like the ukraine it, it feels just sort of like a yeah former soviet state slash oh yeah, yeah it's probably more closer to the ukraine um but it's uh, also these characters are analogs of marvel characters they pre-existed this justice league story though not many uses i think they were I don't know what issue this was a long time ago, the justice league and Avengers did a secret crossover where, uh, the Avengers fought analogs of the justice league and the justice league fought analogs of the Avengers. And these are three of those characters. I see. We have the silver sorceress who is like the scarlet witch, Mm -hmm. uh, wand Gina. Yeah. Who is Thor, right? Yeah. And blue Jay, which is like, um, I don't know. Either Wasp or Yellow Jacket, one of the shrinking characters. Okay. And uh, what they're doing is something that a lot of characters in comics were doing in the 80s, which is being very concerned about nuclear weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, that's very 80s. Do you remember, like, there would be, like, so, you wouldn't know this, Kevin, I don't think, because you might have been too right. young. I've never heard of nuclear weapons. Oh, really? They're great. You'd love them. you got to get one. Oh. Oh, I'll look into it. Um. Like there was that song Russians by Sting that was like a top 10 hit where he was like, do the Russians love their children too? Like 
making, you know, satire or whatever, calling out the insanity of Russia, of the Soviet Union and America, both having nuclear weapons and threatening each other with them. Um, it was like a thing that got talked about all the time. And then we just sort of stopped talking about it. But those weapons are still out there. And as a child of the 80s, I'm like, hey, man, aren't we worried about that stuff anymore? But it sounds like we're not. I mean, when was Superman 4 Quest for Peace? Because that was a movie about Superman getting rid of the nuclear weapons 86, as well. 87. It's right around the same time. Yeah. And that was Christopher Reeve wanted that to be the plot point. Um, and they did it. Him, Sting, lots of people wanted to talk about this stuff. Yeah, those- hey, it's us again, your hosts, Kevin and Will Hines, and we want to hear from you. That's right. You can email us at screwitspidey at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at screwitcomics. We also have an Instagram account where we post images from the comics that we talk about, and that's screwitcomics on Instagram. That's three different ways to connect with us. Tell us your thoughts about the issues we're talking about or the format of the show or our life choices that have led us to this point. Reach out and tell us anything, honestly, and we might talk about it on a future episode of this podcast. Thanks for listening to Screw It. We're just going to talk about comics from Campfire Media. So we see these three Avengers analogs, and they're they're brandishing a bunch of they've they've dug up a bunch of weapons from the silos. This fictional country, Bialya, all the, these military guys are out and threatened and scared, and uh, our dudes, these bad dudes. Uh, throw the missiles into like a limbo land. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are intimidating this army and the army is kind of scared. They're losing their whole military force right in front of their eyes. And then we meet an interesting character. Yeah. Sort of the leader of this country. Um, Colonel Ruman Harati. Harja, uh, Harjavati. Ooh. Gosh, yeah. we're idiots. Yep. We're old and dumb. Yeah, we're the best people to be telling you about anything. <laughs> uh, a guy comes out and the army's terrified of these three villains, but then their leader, Ruman, comes out and is like, hey, what's going on, everybody? He's like, welcome to my country. I welcome you with open arms, heart brimming over with gratitude. He's definitely a con man, definitely an operator. And I love him. I love him yeah, right he's away. He's got a, a smarmy smile on his face. Uh, the next, The first panel on the next page is great. Um, the silver sorceress says, you're welcoming us? He's like, and why shouldn't I welcome you? And Blue Jay says, well, the fact that we just destroyed your silo. He goes, a minor annoyance. So funny. Very Justice League to have yeah. like, it's not going to be about a fight between these three and like the military. A guy's going to come out and try to immediately con them. Yeah. Again, Stanley furious. The action lasted maybe a page. Yeah. Uh, but he would like the uh, dialogue, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, Wind Gina, which I can't believe is his name, says, it's not your humble nation we're interested in, it's your planet. We're here to see that all nuclear weapons on this earth are removed forever. And our man, our general, says, hmm, a splendid idea, and one I myself have often pondered. Yeah, he's sort of selling himself as a like-minded individual. Um, And then we see the soldiers whispering to each other, I think the colonel's getting ideas again. <laughs> and the other guy goes, yeah. And whenever he gets ideas, we end up getting shot at. It's really fun. Um, the jokes uh, are so silly in this comic book. And it's just good to remind ourselves that James DeMatty's 
was the like the writer of Moon Knight and uh, Moon Shadow. Uh, yeah. And um, Spidey's Last Hunt, that yeah, dramatic like, miniseries Blood. He did like a, I don't know if it was before or after this, like a long uh, philosophical run on Silver Surfer. He's a thinking man's writer. Yeah. And he wrote the joke. Oy, <laughs> he gets ideas. Um, just, I don't know. Th- th- this comic doesn't take itself too seriously. Um, no. So we cut back to Justice League headquarters and Batman and John Jones, the adults, the adults in the room are analyzing yes. Dr. Light's um, signal device. Uh, There's a little funny right. thing I like here at um, in panels two and three. Um, the Martian Manhunter is like, well, this seems to be one of ours. Batman's like, that's impossible. I've kept track of all of them. And Martian Manhunter's like, no, 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 I didn't say it was. I said it. I didn't say it was one of ours. I said it seemed to be one of ours. And Batman goes, it's obviously a clever copy, an inferior one, I'd suspect. And then Martian Manhunter goes, actually, it's a superior copy. And Batman seems a little hurt, like in little letters. He's like, superior. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. That's pretty funny. Right. Uh, and Batman doesn't like being shown up. No. But the last panel is what's great. Captain Marvel is so funny. Yeah, he's real funny. He's not in the title for that long. It's too bad. He's really, he's got a fun energy. He races in. He's like, hey, fellas, you better come quick. Fellas. (laughs) (laughs) Who refers to Batman as a fella? (laughs) And and Martian Manhunter. Hey, fellas. (laughs) Yeah. Beatles picked up a news report and, well, you got to see this for yourselves. And Batman goes, I'm not interested in Jack Ryder's whatever. It's not Ryder. Holy moly. Will you just come on? Yeah, this yeah. is holy moly like every four sentences. It's a catchphrase. Catchphrase. I might I want, I want to get a catchphrase. You'll get one. Oh, I dream of it. Um they're watching something on the news and they're basically seeing a report of what we just saw, which is that these three superpower beings are grabbing nuclear weapons everywhere and getting rid of them. Yeah. Our alt-right hero Guy Gardner loves this. Yeah. Let's hope they take out every two-bit country that's packing nukes. No one but Ronnie boy should have his finger on the button. Then we'd have the world where we wanted, huh? Yeah, remember, people really hated Ronald Reagan at this time. I mean, yeah. lib- like liberals. Like, you know, he was like the worst thing that ever happened to a liberal's idea of a government. It's, it's interesting. They'd probably love yeah. to have him now. I mean, as a 12-year-old, I liked Phil Hartman's uh, Ronald Reagan character, so I liked Ronald Reagan. <laughs> I did. I just sort of liked him. I was like, this guy seems fun. <laughs> As portrayed by Phil Hartman, sure. Yeah, that's that's the only way I really knew. Um, so the Justice League snaps into action. They're going to go confront these people and see what's going on. Yeah. Uh, there's a really good joke on the next page. Like, Justice League is in flight to this place. They've all piled into Blue Beetle's, in my opinion, horrific-looking bug machine Mm-hmm. And flying Ditko designed. Ditko designed. And the Captain Marvel is flying alongside of it. And um, they're getting on Guy Gardner for being, for supporting these guys getting rid of the missiles. Um, John Jones is like, Guy, your logic, if I can even call it that, is utterly unique. And Gardner's response is, oh, then you agree with me. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny. Yeah, huh? Um, um, yeah, Guy Garner's mad. He's mad that they're going to get involved in this. Uh, but the, <laughs> Captain Marvel does not take a hint when Guy Gardner flies out of the bug to fly next to him. Captain Marvel just says, well, Guy, it looks like we'll be flying the friendly skies <laughs> together. And then Gardner goes, shut up, Captain Whitebread. And Captain Marvel responds, that's Marvel. 
M A R V. Like he believes that Kai Gardner just can't remember his name. It is just such a fun comic, especially we said this last episode, but like so many comics at this time were grim and gritty and trying to sort of out noir each other and out gross each other out. And then here's Justice League just like having a good time. Yeah, the the goal of comics at this time was to prove to you that comics were serious and it's okay for adults to read comic books. And this comic was like, yeah, they're stupid. (laughs) And that's what makes them great. And so now we have a little visit with our villains and they are in the aftermath of some country whose nuclear stockpile they just ruined. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're having a little moment of doubt, like, I'm not sure we should be doing this. And then, but they're reminding each other, oh, no, 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 the damn nukes this world's infested with. Oh, this damn nukes, the world's infested with them, just like, just like home. Right. We have a little flashback that they're home. They're from another earth that was uh, destroyed in a nuclear war. Including their colleague, Captain Speed, which I guess is the... Quicksilver. Yeah. Who is a flash analog, so that's weird. But, um, so... I wouldn't call him a flash analog just because a speedy character isn't quite enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. There is a, I mean, there is a, a, there is a, I think the wizard maybe or something. Whoever the Squadron Supremes flash is basically That's the wizard, the yeah. Yeah. It's interesting I mean, when whatever. it's interesting when there is a character that's clearly a knockoff of another company's person versus yeah. one that just kind of is in the same category of power yeah, or I, whatever. I just mean like fast guys. Every company had a fast guy. Yeah. Every guy. Every company had an underwater guy, a fast guy, a swamp guy was another one. Um, like swamp thing, man thing, and the heap sort of all started around the same time, and so everyone's like, "Yeah, who created it first? And so everyone's like, "Who knows?" Yeah. Um, how come there's not like, you know, dudes made of lamps? It'd be funny if everybody Um, had a dude made of lamps. It is one of these things where I think about like every company has like now a Superman type character. Yeah. You know, somebody can fly and has like laser eyes generally, but at least flies and it's really strong. That's like, that's standard superhero-ish. If you fly and have strength. And they tend to be sort of like the hero that everybody looks up to also. They're, they're. They're the most powerful guy in the team. Um, but then like there's Spider-Man and like you can't have another Spider-Man without it being like, well, that's Spider-Man. Every, every company has a Superman, but like anyone who has like a guy swinging on a rope who's like a teenager and you're like, ah, it just feels too much. It's like you're ripping off Spider-Man. They do try to do his to personality me. though. They try to have like a wise cracking. Yes. But his power set is is harder to, I mean, they do it. The fly for Archie Comics is sort of a Spider-Man power set. Um, but I, I do think it's interesting that this Spider-Man character, it's it's also why it's, uh, my son is watching a bunch of kid cartoons about Spider-Man and they have all the Spider-Mans. They have Spider-Man, Spider-Girl, Spider-Woman, Miles Morales, Spider-Man, Spider-Gwen, sometimes called Ghost Spider. And it's weird to me. It's like, how many characters are there that like shoot webs, have spider sense, can stick to walls? It's such a weird power set that they all have. Yeah. It doesn't make sense to me, but I, I guess also Superman's powers is only because he was first. Right. I don't know. Anyway, that's my digression. Um, good digression. Anyway, these guys don't like nuclear weapons. Yes. And um, Captain Marvel and Guy Gardner and the Justice League are going to find them. And while the supervillains are talking, we see that Guy Gardner has located them with his lantern ring 
mm-hmm. and he, without saying anything, just breaks off of the Justice League's formation and zoos off to get him. Batman realizes what's happening and orders the League to follow him. So now the League is going to catch up with the villains. Yeah. Get a tracer on his signal device. His damn ring must have found them. Hurry, says Batman. And so Gardner is the first one on the scene. He immediately, he, he kind of agrees with these guys who are getting rid of the weapons, but he does, he is following Batman's orders and he green laser lassos the silver sorceress. Yeah. If we're getting, if we're going after this guys, if we are going after these guys, I'm the one who's going to beat them up. But he gets taken out quick. Uh, the Thor analog shoots him with lightning. Shoots him with a lightning bolt from the sky. <laughs> Knocks yep. him unconscious. He's plummeting to the earth and Captain Marvel catches him and saves him. Captain Whitebread just saved your life. Uh, in case you haven't noticed, Captain Whitebread just saved your life. Life and then a guy goes, "I noticed. I noticed." It's <laughs> a very Stanley answer. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so the Justice League just—you know—this is like a very quick fight. It's like a page-long fight, and Batman's like, "Oh no!" John Jones is like, "We order you to surrender." Yeah, they attack. Um, Blue Beetle asks Batman during the fight, you think maybe it's too late to petition for a new Green Lantern? (laughs) Uh, Hey, Batman, maybe you could wear the ring. It would only get in my way, says Batman. Then then Blue Beetle says, uh, yeah, besides, who'd ever buy a superhero called the Green Batman? I mean, that's almost as dumb as, and Batman leans in and goes, the Blue Beetle. And Blue Beetle's like, well, er, um, good call. Yeah. Uh, then they get radioed by the by the Bailian. How do you how do you pronounce this country? Uh, Baila, Bialia, a Bialian. Yeah, so Bialian uh, airspace. Uh, so you're in violation of Bialian airspace. Repeat, you are in violation of Bialian airspace. Repeat. Um, and then Batman, uh, they say, leave now, or we shall be forced to blow you out of the skies. What they tell the Justice League, and the Justice League leave. Yeah. And uh, that's interesting. Batman agrees to leave and we don't know what he's up to. He's probably up to something, but we don't know yet what. Right. It's not like Batman to give up unless he thinks that he's, you know, he's got another move later. And that's like kind of the end of the comic. There's one more page, which is basically setting up next issue. Mm-hmm. And it's our operator, the copy of Bialian Ruman, not the, the, the general yeah. meeting with our three superheroes and basically saying, hey, you guys want nuclear weapons? You should go to Russia. And that's how the issue ends. Yeah. Um, so he, he's we're seeing what he's up to. He's going to disarm his rivals, which is a smart move. Yeah. But also, you know, and we'll get more into it next issue. Those guys are sort of like, I mean, Russia does have a lot of nukes. We know this guy's playing us, but he does know where all the nuclear missiles are. So we should listen to him. Yeah. And, um, you know, th- I would say we're in full form here of Justice League, just two issues in. Yeah. I mean, the one thing that changes as the comic goes on into like the 20s and 30s uh, is that it gets sillier even. Like it's very jokey now and it's got a lot of humor, but there's a lot of silly plots that kind of come up. Uh, there'll be issues of just sort of like comic premises yeah. in between the action um, adventure stories. Well, right here, there's no like hint that there's going to be stories that you would not pitch for a Justice League comic book. Do you think that um, what about this comic could only happen at DC? Like, do you think this could happen at Marvel? I I feel like this is a very DC comic some somehow. 
Uh, I mean, it could happen at Marvel. Um, in the 80s, it would have been tough. I think what this is what this works with is that it's, DC had a very deep bench, right? Yeah. Marvel didn't have, I mean, beyond the other than the X-Men, who had like a billion characters, like Marvel just had its characters. I don't think they had as many like second tier, third tier, fourth tier. They said like, this is all we got, basically. Yeah. If we have a character, we've already put him in a title. Where DC had, you know, your Blue Beetles and your Mr. Miracles and your Dr. Fates and three Green Lanterns and things like that. Marvel has more of that now. You could get away with it now. Like I said, there's like five Spider-Men, so it's easier to imagine like putting together a team and being like, which Spider-Man did we get? It might be like um, also that like a lighthearted superhero comic where the characters joke a lot is not news at Marvel. Yeah, that's, I mean, it, it, this definitely is a marvelization in a way. Yeah. Um, like it's to have Batman and Martian Manhunter and Captain Marvel put up with Guy Gardner is a lot more dramatic than like, like, you know, the Fantastic Four has already had this kind of vibe going on a lot. But this it. feels more comedic than most things Marvel had done at the time, right? Yeah, no, it does. I, re- um, I retract. I mean, my was opinion. this before John Burns She-Hulk? Yes. Like that was a silly comic book. That's more in line with this. It's almost like you know, yeah, uh, you know, uh, it's you know, it's one part superhero, two parts comedy instead of two parts superhero, one part comedy. Yeah. So I mean that that it's definitely pushing the needle further that way. There's definitely more comics like this now than ever before. Like I definitely, I read a lot of comics where I'm just like, oh, this comic is more about fun than the adventures. Squirrel Girl was a great example of that. It was such a great comic, but it was super funny yeah. first. Another did um, another did go co-creation. That's right. Um. Well, um, should we should we get on to email? Uh, sure. We don't have any. Great. Uh, oh, lab, yeah, because we cause we've been recording we haven't released. These, we haven't released any <laughs> of these right. episodes yet. Right. We haven't released episode one, so nobody's written us. But if you would like us to read your email at this part of the podcast, you would send it to screwitspidey at gmail.com. You can also um, sort of contact us. Well, we won't read it, but you could contact us on our Instagram, screwitcomics, where Kevin will be putting screenshots from the comics we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And also screwitcomics is on Twitter, which is basically just our Instagram account, but uh, we have some interaction going on there. Yeah, I respond to some things, but mostly it's just retweeting or reposting our Instagram that's posts. How, that's how you can get in touch with us. Um, I'm starting a new podcast. Yeah? Um, I might not even... Let me ab- guess. Let me guess what it is. Okay. Um, how to uh, uh, put up drywall. <laughs> it's a 20-episode miniseries. You got it. You nailed it. That's what it is. <laughs> Nobody asked me to do it. I'm not qualified. Uh, yep. But I knocked down a wall in my apartment, and my podcast is about me trying to rebuild it. <laughs> great, great. I can't wait. Uh, now, my new podcast is going to be called I Will Write Your Book, and I play a ghost writer. It's an improvised podcast where every episode he's meeting with a new client talking about what book they want to write. Oh, that's fun. Maybe you'll be on it, Kevin, as a character. Hmm. Um, I'll try to think of um, the brother of a ghost writer. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's my first pitch. Yeah. <laughs> um, hey, here's a mystery for people who have listened. They already know the answer to this, but I don't know the answer. We forgot to take a break. So I wonder where you will force a break in. 
Oh, yeah. It will have already happened by now, so I don't know where yeah, I'm going to so do that. The listener knows where we put a break in, but, but we didn't don't. stop to take it. You don't know. So where was that break? Was it a good place? Did we screw up? Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. I bet you do it like right before the issue starts. <laughs> I bet you do it right now. <laughs> wow. So late. Come back and hear one more sentence. <laughs> um. Oh, you know, I could... You want to hear... Do you, have you ever heard the song, uh, Nobody Loves the Hulk? No. I'm going to play a little bit of Nobody Loves the Hulk for you. Hold uh, on. Uh, I don't think I've never even heard of this. Yeah. Uh, well, so the Hulk is what we did last season. We went over the first six issues ever of The Incredible Hulk. I forget when I learned about this song, but it was a while ago, and I played it for my son recently, and then he talked about it for a while, and I was like, oh, I should mention this on our podcast, and then I forgot about it again. And I keep thinking about it, uh, and now I'm going to play it. So I'm just going to play it over my phone into the microphone, so we'll see how that goes. It's going to be great. Here, nobody loves the honk. Pump up the volume. This is real. This is real live, really happening. Yeah. Put the butt of it. There you go. yet It's on YouTube. It's by The Traits. Um, it's an old song. I mean, this is a... I don't know when this song was made, but it, it's not like a current song. Yeah, it sounds like a late 60s song, frankly. Yeah, it sounds like when The Hulk was a hit. That's pretty cool. Uh, uh, one of the comments underneath this YouTube video is, uh, Incredible Hulk 108 had a coupon for this 45 in 1968, so... I guess that's a hint of roughly when it came out. Yeah. I think it's a good song. I like it. Sounds like Rick Jones. Sounds a little bit like Van Morrison's Gloria. Van Morrison used to belong to a band called Them, and they had a song called Gloria. Sounds kind of like that. Yeah. But it definitely, I think, I mean, I don't know anything about it, So, but I'm going to guess, I I believe that they just liked the Hulk. It wasn't like they were paid to write a song about the Hulk or anything like that. They summarized the first issue very well in those first two verses. Yeah. Anyway, if you liked that beginning of that, go to YouTube, listen to the whole song. <laughs> You're welcome, YouTube. I just got you some clicks. Oh, yeah. I hope you guys can handle the bump from our podcast. <laughs> That's right. Maybe do us a favor. Yeah. Do something. Send some back this way. Yeah, send some love back this way, YouTube. Um, all right. Well, Kevin, good job. Uh, uh, we'll be back next episode with uh, issue number three. That makes sense. It does. Bye, everybody. Well, see you later. See you later, White Bread. That's Marvel M A R. We got comics. 
What's up, stoners? Welcome to I'm Too Effing High. It's a podcast where we test the age-old question, does marijuana make you funnier? I'm here to talk to you about eating people. I bring on comedians. I get them high on marijuana. Ooh, yes. It's just like Fisherman's Cop. Yeah. Oh, and I would know. <laughs> Please give a warm welcome to Nicole Byer, Tim Bob, Sam Richardson, Mary Holland. Are you guys ready for this show tonight? I'm too effing high. New episodes every Tuesday. Stay yeah. too effing high, you guys. Campfire.